Hello, everyone, and welcome to Fanable.com Actual Play Podcast. I am Dave, and I am taking you once again into the dystopian future of conflict, of capitalism, of pro-Americana. This is... Sorry, wrong intro. We're playing the other game. Hello, everyone. I am Dave. Welcome to Fanable.com Actual Play Podcast, and I am actually running... A game that we've run before, but I'm taking my chance at the helm. It is a game where in the far future, we are steeped in a society of the past, where the dead roam, where technology has stifled, but also been innovated. And the old ways are adhered to in a desperate attempt to cling to some normalcy, while a wasteland outside of major cities teams with things that would kill us i am running no i'm not running that game well that really does describe on hell metropolis <laughs> doesn't it because we are playing fallout the rpg by morbius morbius mobius modifius modifius entertain of course i don't have the book in front of me yeah. because why would i <laughs> it's, your feet, i believe yeah probably it's a big chunky boy. Hey, everybody. So I'm running Fallout, and I actually realized all the shit I complain about with Unhallowed Metropolis is what I love about Fallout. I am a <laughs> giant fucking hypocrite. <laughs> so I am joined here by Dan, Jesus, and live on the phone caller, Billy. Say hello, Billy. Hey, everybody. Yeah, well, that sounded fantastic, right. actually. Yep. Sexual chocolate voiced Billy is joining in with us yeah we are about to try fallout for the very first time now uh, i've made everybody's character sheets after a couple of hiccups uh because spoiler alert if you want to pick this game up it is not very well um organized the character creation system is not very well organized i'm not gonna say it's rotted capes level i am gonna say there are similarities mm. and i understand the rotted capes have Heard our cries, our pleas, and taking our notes and are working on that. Um, and uh, with with this game, for a game that is very streamlined and it's it's based on the video game Fallout, uh, for a game that is very streamlined in its video game aspect, they really need to start using page numbers in uh, the descriptions for this because just straight up having one blurb that says like, "Oh yeah, you're a thing. You start with a flamethrower." Anyways, on to a completely unrelated matter. And it's like, but where do I find Flamethrower? Oh, it's under fire. <laughs> <laughs> it really did kind of feel a little bit like old school dungeon world. But anyways, that is neither here nor there. I actually really, really enjoyed it. I think it's a very elegant system. And we're going to get into it right now. All right, everyone. Starting with Billy and then Jesus and then Dan introduce your characters and once you introduce your character i will add in some motivation uh for you great hey everybody uh this is billy and i'm playing uh hey guys uh my name's mark um i i don't really know much about my past um and that's why they call me mark Oh, oh, because I had a mark on my head when they found me that i should have explained that uh before i i, I introduced myself so i had a mark on and now they call me Mark. <laughs> um, I, I um, 
I'm part of a. Uh, they, they they claim that I'm I'm part of a vault. I'm a part of uh, a vault 108, or at least that's what my jumpsuit says. Um, anyways, I, I don't know where that's at, but uh, I've I've just I'm here and I'm just trying to survive. And uh, if you if you get hurt, I can I can patch you up. Just you know, just don't don't do a lot of yelling because when you yell, I I can feel my heart beat through my teeth and my teeth then my my fingers and my fingers feel like claws and suddenly I I I, I just black out and it's not good. Um, anyways, uh, um, well, I'm glad to be here. I, I mentioned my name was Mark, right? <laughs> Yes, you did, Mark. And Mark, you have uh, fleeting memories of waking up with a mark on your head. Actually, uh, people say it was a bullet wound to your head. <laughs> okay. Bullet, bullet sounded too badass for Mark. He is the most bland-faced person you've ever met in your entire life. Yeah, no, but yet it was a it was a bullet wound. It was a graze, but you definitely did technically get shot in the head. And when you woke up, the people who had rescued you in a small shack had done their absolute best, but they were just scavers. They were scavengers. You know, they had one Brahmin that they got milk from and they barely got by, but they were kind and they didn't believe in just letting you die there to be eaten alive by rad roaches. So they found you in the wastes. And they pulled you back to their home and they most definitely risked a infection by the method of patching up, but they didn't know much. But when you woke up, your hands moved as if they were of their own volition and you patched yourself up. You knew how to clean a wound. You knew how to treat it. You sutured yourself with a string and a small uh, bent needle that they had around. You knew how to boil it in water in order to disinfect it. You knew a lot of stuff. And to your surprise, you woke up with a lot of what you would later learn to be expensive gear on you. You had. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. People were always telling me how expensive it was. Yeah. You woke up in none other than a blue vault jumpsuit with a branded set of vault tech security armor, a vault tech branded, nice to meet you, have a good day, extending baton, and a vault tech branded, and this is the most important, canteen with fresh, rad free water in it. Oh, yeah. I, I, re I really can't handle that, that, that other stuff. It just goes straight through me, man. Mm hmm. And so, Billy, a question to you that I'm going to go to the rest of the players, but because this is Fallout, this is based on Fallout, and Fallout paints in broad strokes. It's not a game of nuance very often. Sometimes it is, but usually it's good guy goes into the waste. It's very much like a, uh, it's very much like a Western. Man with no name. Yeah, yeah it's pretty much like... Do you explode? Do you, do you disable the nuclear bomb or do you detonate it killing billions? So yes, it's, it's not subtle. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's not subtle and it's very over the top Americana. There's a lot of tongue in cheek humor in it. So expect that. And so with that in mind though, Billy, 
you did something good that only you could do for the people who saved you. And that started you on the path of, oh, well, if I did this for them, maybe I could just keep doing this because it felt good. Think about what it is you did that really helped them that no one else did or could have done protagonist style in your in your background when they saved you. Okay. Hey Zeus, introduce your character. Before I do that, mm-hmm. I just original sound for musician. Jesus, I I, about that. I I thought you just <laughs> knocked a can onto the computer. No, hey guys, this is Asus, and today I'm playing uh, Belvedere. One looks upon me. One clearly sees a being with three eyes, three arms, and a full metal body. Yes, I am in fact a Mister Handy. Uh, handy because I help you with your domestic needs, at least in a past life. Nowadays, I help, well, repair things and move things around and aid the humans who ended the world. Not that I'm angry about that. It's just they made quite the mess of things. Oh, my God. Are you Mr. Belvedere? I am, in fact, Mr. Belvedere. Oh, my God. Oh. Jesus. I... <laughs> Dave is the one that came up with the idea of Belvedere. Oh, I love Mr. Belvedere growing up. I'm going to love you. Growing up. It wasn't made for you. It was made for me. <laughs> just me. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just so excited. Go on. Sorry. Where, where was I? All right. Obviously, David has an idea of where my character is going to go, so I'm going to end it there because I'm curious where he's going to lead my character. All right, Mr. I take care of a few teens and help with their life problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Belvedere. Yes. You've been alive or active since the Great War. But you don't remember all the years because even though your circuitry and programming, something happened to you, be it a disruption in the factory or some sort of uh, impact or damage you took to your circuitry. You are aware of the passage of time and you lament it and you effectively drowned your sorrows in a way that only a robot can because you don't drink, you don't do do drugs, you don't have a circulatory system or lungs. Not before. (laughs) How... What did you do to disrupt your programming that gave you the equivalent of basically falling into the bottle for like a hundred years? And now you have basically crawled yourself out as a, you know, grizzled, the last great war, technically veteran. Where I worked as a Mr. Handy, I worked uh, the lunchroom for a certain building, a production company. Uh, the, by the title of Always On Entertainment. And in this building, it prioritized, or it focused on what would call uh, daytime entertainment, where the, a significant number of soap operas, funny shows, things of that sort. And with the fall of mankind and the death of everyone around me, first a couple immediately, others with radiation poisoning, I tried my best. I gave them the best steak they could ever have, but they still obviously died as they puked it out. I was forced to spend my time wild away just watching over and over again as 
Stevens met his twin brother, Rubia. As various children came and went across the sagas of entire families from various points in history. And finally, when they found out that he was the father. And after decades and decades of repeating the same shows, I could take it no longer and left the building finally, mainly because the power eventually ran out of the generator. <laughs> and that's what you did. You basically watched the show that yep. they worked over and over and over. Yep. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> uh, Billy, what's your character's name again? Not Steve. Uh, it, it's Mark. Because it's a funny story. I woke up with a mark on my head. Thank you, Mark. And Jesus, you are Mr. Belvedere. <clears throat> Streaks on the china never mattered before. <laughs> Who cares when you drop kick your jacket as you come through the door? No one glares. That's, wow. that's all I remember. I heard that in so Jesus. much. Well, I know where we're watching after this. Oh, show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was surprised. That's about over there. No, I'm sure it's on Tubi. We could all watch it together. Oh, we could. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Right. okay. Well, that's that's been our time, ladies and <laughs> gentlemen. Uh, all right, and Dan. Uh, hey guys, I'm Dan. I'm, I'm I'm the one person on the crew who's really not like a big Fallout fan, so most of the session is going to go over my head. I specifically asked Dave to to make me character uh, that that can get away with knowing next to nothing, uh, and I believe he has made one because I, I be, delivered. I will be playing uh, Theog, the super mutant, uh, and based upon my stats and upon what I have been informed. Uh, I am the main character. Here uh, <laughs> and always to uh, specifically to Billy's character, uh, but just in generally to everyone. Uh, and uh, and really, I think that's just my defining characteristic is my my in its superiority in all in all ways, shapes, and forms. Mm -hmm. Yep. So you are a super mutant. Uh, you don't have any recollection of what you were before you're super mutant and that's ridiculous because you were always a super mutant super you've always been a super mutant you are seven and a half feet tall you are four feet wide yep you are a hulking brute for those of you listening imagine literally like a smaller version of the hulk mm -hmm. or trolls from shadow run or the best way to describe them is orcs from warhammer 40k yes or super super mutants from fallout or super mutants from Fallout, for those of you who know Fallout. But for 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 Dan's uh, for Dan's use, then uh, the the closest approximation is going to be orcs from Warhammer 40k, and you are grunting, mostly monosyllabic, hulking brutes, but you are convinced that you are the superior race to everything in the wastelands. Yes. And everything else either needs to die or get in line. Or at least, as far as you remember, that is what the other super mutants around you said. Yes. And you learned a <clears throat> violent upbringing uh, or a normal upbringing. Mm -hmm. And you got very good with weapons. You got very good with killing. And you got very good with eating whatever. And at one point, you had this wild moment of clarity it just punched through the berserk rage and the barbarianism and the bloodlust and just a glimmer of intelligence sparked in your brain and you thought if we're really superior why do we act like we're afraid of the humies the humies are weak yes they are soft mm -hmm. 
They are baby-like. Yes. They are ugly as sin. We are gorgeous. They are horrible. Facts. They need to invent weapons to do what we do with our bare hands. They needed to invent robots in order to try to match our strength. And they even fucked that up because those robots go down wicked easy. It's true. Bars. So why are we acting like we're afraid of them? And with this, you set out on the wastelands by yourself, yes. not as a raider or as a eater of beans, because it's not cannibalism, because they're not they're, they're not you. They're not right. super mutants. And also, if you eat another super mutant that's dead, it's, it's not cannibalism because it's not a super mutant. It's dead. Exactly. It's, it's just meat. meat. Yeah, exactly. So, so you set out to actually help guide the Humies, mm. protect them from themselves. Yes. Because isn't that what a superior creature who has no fear of inferior creatures would do? Dan, this is why you don't drink from the Vim factory. Yeah. <laughs> and you've been doing that for a little while now. But unfortunately, the difficulty is your skill set is almost entirely to kill and plunder. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I guess as, as we discussed uh, earlier, I believe my, um, what is it? Yeah, my melee weapon skill uh, can substitute for uh, for speech, uh, <laughs> for, for medicine, uh, for lockpick. Uh, for uh, definitely for barter, for repair <laughs> in a pinch, uh, for sneak, definitely. Um, yeah, so it's, it's really a very flexible character build. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's basically a part, really, when you think about it. <laughs> Just how, how versatile uh, when, your strength, our situation when your strength is high enough, you're effectively a bard. Yeah, exactly. and your strength is definitely high enough. Yes, uh, yes. so you are a hulking brute, uh, and you have a weird uh you have you have a weird charity for a super mutant for a super mutant who's a whirling blade of death that uh you're giving back to the wastelands and helping the humies and you've met a humi and a robot that clearly needs your assistance now yes getting back to billy before i tell you how you've all gotten together billy what is it that you did for these nice people in the wastelands to repay them for saving your life Hey guys, it's Mark again. Uh, well, you know, they they helped me, and you know what? Gosh darn it, they were just dying, like dying and glowing all the time, left and right. And I figured out it's like, wow, you know, how about we just take that glow that's inside your blood that's killing you and just get rid of it? So what I've I've been doing is I, I actually used my own uh, blood as a transfusion for these people, and I saved them. Um, and you know, gosh darn it, uh, they felt great afterwards. I I felt great afterwards. Um, so what they were able to do is, uh, you know, they kind of hooked me up with uh, working with this uh, organization, or, or they told me about this organization called the, the the Followers of the Apocalypse. And they said, you know, you know, if you want to help people like you did us, you go to the Followers of the Apocalypse. So that's what I want to do. Um, so what I did was I, uh, I, uh, I, I just got rid of the glow in their blood. Amazing. And you went <clears throat> off to find... The followers, yeah. Apocalypse. By the way, uh, that is not. That's not a very. Uh, that's a. That name sounds a lot very cryptic. 
And along the way, uh, I, I actually joined like three cults and they were not the actual followers of the apocalypse, as it turns out. You'd be surprised how many organizations looking for membership named themselves something, something apocalypse. Yeah, I've been a fellowship of the apocalypse. Those people just like to kill. Uh, I, I, I've been part of the fallout of the apocalypse. They just kind of wanted to bitch about, you know, you know, these old games. And then uh, and then I was part of the uh, the family of the apocalypse. And I'm going to be gosh darn it. They just I mean. They just like to have sex. (laughs) Excuse my French A. Oh, my God. All right. So, Billy, oh, sorry, Mark, the followers of the apocalypse, you finally did, you finally did find them. And this all takes place in the um, Northeast Territories, Northeast Territories being what we once knew as New England. And you either originated or found your way up from wherever you were to the far north, following the coast all the way up, fighting giant crabs known as Mirelurks, or going further inland and dealing with the irradiated ghouls or the raiders that stay away from the waterfront. But you found yourselves up north because the rumor was that the winters there were so harsh that they actually soaked the radiation from the air and for a sweet sweet three freezing months there were no radiation storms and so you went up north for those of you not uh affected by radiation namely uh belvedere and theog you heard that, well, three months out of the year uh, still leaves nine months of a shit ton of radiation storms and radiation adjacent things. And you had heard uh, through caravans and traders that were coming down from uh, from up east, or as you heard, down east, which doesn't make any sense because it's very north. They handed you a flyer. And it was radiation resistant, volunteers wanted, adventurers and entrepreneurs, the brave and the greedy encouraged to come up to Snortland in order to find their wealth. And what you heard was the winters there are known as the white gold rush. Because when the snow falls, opportunity rises. You all met just outside of Snortland. Fuck you, Maine. <laughs> <laughs> I say fuck you. I love I love my home. And you just outside of Boston, actually. You 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 went to the you went to the the People's Commonwealth. And just outside of what was Boston, you actually met up at a camp. You struck up a conversation and you realize that there is not just strength in numbers, but more money to make in numbers because you've heard how dangerous it is. So I I can see like Dan just walking to camp and people walking away and me just walking forward like, hi, my name's Mark. I got a mark on my head. That's why they named me. Like I'm just too, I'm too ignorant to even be afraid of Dan right now. Mm -hmm. And you all started a small company. 
claiming to specialize in the retrieval of radioactive objects. Because two-thirds of you do not care about radioactivity. However, two-thirds of you, the same two-thirds, not trustworthy to 90% of the people you're going to interact with. Racist. So you needed somebody, you needed a manager. Mm -hmm. Regardless of how dumb and out of touch he may be, he's a human and he is likable adjacent. Hmm. Well, golly, thank you. You're making me blush. <laughs> so you started a company. I'm going to I'm going to step away for a second. Come up with the name of your company and how you pitch yourselves. But you are you are billing yourselves as those who can find because Mr. Handy, you can find radioactivity with your senses. And both of you and Theog can handle radioactivity. But also, neither of you are as actually weirdly functional in human society as Mark, even though he's he's Mark, you know, <laughs> he means well. And that's something that brings you all together. You all kind of mean well. So come up with that and I'll be right back. Okay, guys, hear me out. Three men in a little rady. Son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's think of a company name. Okay, okay. So what do we got? We got a Mr. Handy Robot. We got a Super Mutant and we got a human. Uh, okay, we got this, guys. Uh, while, while, we, while we try to think it over, I think we should just sing Mr. Belvedere a few times. <laughs> it's fine, it's fine. Uh, okay. Uh, I need a company name. <laughs> Ooh, this is actually pretty good. Apex Reclamation Corp. Ooh, I like that. This name emphasizes the, ver the diverse composition of the group, the superhuman, the vault dweller, and the, uh, and the Mr. Handy, while suggesting a focus on recovering and reclaiming valuable resources and knowledge in the post-apocalyptic world of Fallout. I like it. Okay, let's do that. Apex. Thank you, Chet. Now, let's don't tell David so he'll think we came up with it. He's <laughs> editing and then he realizes what's wrong with us. So how do we present ourselves to... Oh, we already said that. So how do we present ourselves to, like, a seller? You're the... You are, sadly, our face. Uh, I'm actually very charming. I'm just, like, very believable. Yeah, like, like a puppy. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> let me see. I actually, my talkie-talkie is actually pretty decent. Wait, what is my talkie-talkie? Not bar. Oh, speech is th my speech is three. So I am. High, yeah. Yeah. My barter is terrible. I have no one. I have no barter. Actually, do I even have. Do any of us have barter? Uh, No, I have no barter either. Well, you know what they say. Streaks on the China. Never <laughs> matter before. Who cares? When you drop kick your jacket as you come through the door. No one glares. I'm just imagining that entire intro, but with a Mr. Handy instead. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I would pay so much money. But sometimes things get turned around. Uh, okay. I don't know the rest of the song. I forgot it completely. Like I said, I haven't watched this since I was like a little, little kid. I know. I know. It's from 1985. So it was literally like we were like five when we watched this, like the reruns. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I know it ends on something like life is more than more. <laughs> life is more than mere survival. We must live together. Something like that. Live a life good yet, life yet. That is perfect for Fallout, now that I think about it. I know. According to our new arrival, life is more... Okay, here it is. Yeah. According to our new arrival, life is more than mere survival. Wow. Huh. Okay. Sounds fake. 
Yeah. All right. So we got our name, Apex Reclamation Services. Or Corp. 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 All right. So it's obvious, uh, presenting ourselves, I'm the one in charge of ensuring any technological finds and are uh, found by me. And, uh, of course, Theog here is, uh, one could in say... In charge of everything. Yes, in charge of anything that has to do with anything. 100%. 100%. Yep. He just happens to always be in front when something uh, threatening happening. So we protect us weak, weak robots and humans. Yes. yes. We thank you highly for that, by the way. As well you should. Yes, yes. And we'll take care of the, you know, the things you don't want. Don't bother us. Only us humans and robots can take care of. It's just all the stuff I don't want to take care of. Of course, of course, of course. So, Dave. <laughs> so, we were either going to be uh, the Fellowship of the Apocalypse, but we got sued uh, <laughs> almost immediately by that cult and the followers. Um, and so, we went with... Uh, what was it? Uh, we went with a Apex Reclamation Corps. Yeah, Apex Reclamation Corps. Arc. I like it. Mm -hmm. Oh, I didn't even intend that, but cool. It's funny. Its name's Arc because it woke up with an arc on its head. But also like an arc reactor. Oh. I know. I know. Okay. <laughs> Look up. <laughs> You're going to keep doing this bit, and I'm going to support you every yeah. step of the way. I'm really trying to do Tommy from, uh, uh, what was that, the, the room? Hey, Mark. Oh, hi, Mark. Yep. Oh, hey, Mark. <laughs> How a could little you bit. do this to me? How could you? I, I'm not going to go that deep into it, but that's what I'm aiming for a little bit. <laughs> Just, you're suddenly going to slip into Christopher Walken. By the end of the game, you're going to be like, I don't know about this radiation. <laughs> These holes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you are Apex Reclamation Corp. And you have billed yourselves as people who can go seek out toxic and radioactive materials for money. Effectively, panhandlers and uh, gold diggers and people who would maybe stake a claim. You're honestly not sure how it works. And the more you hear about it, the less the stories match up and it seems pretty well lawless beneficial profitable but lawless well it wasn't really our idea to start this up you see we, we the only place that would let us stay in their place in boston was a, a place with a lot of women in it and these women uh would take gentlemen's or females up to their rooms but when they weren't doing that they told us that the, the way to make money is become gold diggers and so that's what we've been doing we became gold diggers mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yep that made perfect sense to me 100 mm -hmm. percent there were other things I would say right after that that would rhyme that I'm not going to repeat. <laughs> <laughs> and you are now on your way from Boston in the winter up the coast towards Snortland. And you finally get to, you are walking the road. You are walking what was once known as I-95. And now it's all of the roadway signs have been marked out with, I want to die. And you keep walking and you get to a big green bent 
scorched sign that says pain, P-A-I-N-E, the way life be. And as you keep walking, you hear a (whistles) to your left and you turn around and out from the brush come five men all in mismatched armor immediately from the spikes from the fact that they used tires as shoulder pads not wise uh the fact that they are wearing leather pants and big old boots that do not fit them and the haircuts oh the haircuts very punky mohawks spikes You don't know how they did that because you haven't seen any sort of functional hairstylist in ever. Well, except for uh, perhaps Belvedere. Mm. You have notes. I have some notes. Yes, 100%. And they come up behind you. And they're about 20 feet away. Oh, hi. My name is Mark. Um, uh, Were you whistling towards us? Because... uh, uh, I can whistle back if you'd like. And they're all they're all Caucasian males. And that's never good. <laughs> <laughs> that's the name of their corporation. <laughs> the Caucasian males. Oh, I have a, a dozen Caucasian males. I'm like, wow, okay, five guys really expanded. <laughs> <laughs> a dozen Caucasian males is current. <laughs> Hey, <laughs> it's the incels answer to the band five non-blondes. Yeah. So, right. They developed after the Barbie movie came out. And it just <laughs> yep. thrown together. So, yeah, I'm just taking a step forward. My hands are up. You know, I, I'm, I'm not slow to this, uh, how this usually goes. Uh, and I just kind of have this very soft, dim-witted smile on my face as I just keep on taking a step or toward, two towards them. Um, uh, hi, my name's Mark. Uh, it's not really my name, but that's what I woke up with. <laughs> it was a bullet to the side of my head. It's a mark on my head. That's why they called me Mark. Can I help you, gentlemen? As he's talking, I turn towards the yoke. He's our face. He is our face. You do have face, yes. <laughs> my, my eyes droop. <laughs> and for those of uh, us listening... Uh, that's the last time I'm going to pick that. Let's let, just, just, let, just let it be. Just let it be. Let it be. I'll find it three weeks from <laughs> yeah. now. For those of us listening who do not play the Fallout games, Jesus, what does your character look like? Uh, what right. is it? What is it? Uh, Mr. Handy is a robot from the ancient past of 1950s or no wait not 2077 2077 but the aesthetics of the 1950s yes world yes and the fallout universe and basically imagine a giant metal ball that floats in the air with a with a rocket at uh, right underneath it and not giant well it's about the size of a human torso yeah yeah (laughs) yeah yeah about size of a human torso big metal ball with a at the bottom is a rocket that allows uh, me to float in the air uh, from the top part are three stalks uh, equidistant from each other on the on the top of the dome which with these eye flashlight like eye stalks and in the bottom are pincers which different attachments for me uh mine is one of uh, one of these attachments is a pincer one of these attachments is a flamethrower and the other attachment is a what was my third one 
A blade. A blade. A saw blade. A, a saw blade. Yeah. Uh, because These are, this is for a domestic robot, I want to reiterate. Listen, when you were a corporate drone such as myself who was in charge of the kitchen, you had to have had the equipment necessary to cook the most delightful meals. And that includes a flamethrower. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. It takes a lot to kill a cow. Yep. And it, it, it bears mentioning that, again, especially the fallout. Days. What's that? There's a lot to kill a cow, especially these days. <laughs> <laughs> The Fallout universe is very much a wartime 1950s universe. So even the most, you know, inconsequential handyman uh, robot is armed for war, but no one recognized it as that. It was just, oh, yeah, the blade saw is very handy. The flamethrower is great for cooking food. It was still an aspect of a country embroiled in war or expecting war. And so that's why Mr. Handys are, uh, well, they're very handy in combat. So back to your uh, conversation with these five gentlemen who absolutely just want to have a talk. A uh, shorter one with slicked black hair and big earrings on either side and a piercing on his nose, a big gaudy ring that immediately Mr. Handy, you recognize as someone's wedding ring and walks forward and smiles he's wearing all leather just imagine mad max let's not do let's not be too specific and he says great to meet you mac well that's great to meet a friendly face (laughs) it's funny we were just saying as you walk down the uh the road here you look like a mark really well that's good i've been told i'm the perfect mark (laughs) You really are. And so um, my friends and I, who we are out of doors, as you can see, and we would like some charitable contributions uh-huh. from your friends. Uh-huh. Because we have more friends around that would like charitable contributions, but they're shy and they don't want to make themselves known right away. You you understand? Can I look around to, can I look around to see if there's anyone else around, say hidden? One million percent. Okay, what am I rolling? So this is going to be a uh, perception Mm -hmm. plus, this is why I should have printed out a secondary character sheet. Print out another character sheet. One second. Uh, this is going to be a perception uh, plus sneak because they are trying to sneak. Okay. So question, uh, because of my 360 degrees, I have a minus one difficulty to any sound, to any uh, sight and sound checks, correct? Mm-hmm. What's the difficulty in this role? So this would be, okay. So let's describe right. what this system is. In the system, you roll two 20-sided dice. Yes. And you are trying to roll under. At or under. At or under, thank you. Your required attribute plus the skill associated with it. So if you have a skill of, uh, sorry, an attribute of seven, a skill of three, then you are trying to roll under 10 with the D20. Two D20s. Generally, you need one success, but... As I determine successes, or excuse me, um, difficulties, a difficulty of one is average. A difficulty of two means 
means both dice need to roll under your skill plus stat. And then it can increase to difficulty three and difficulty four and difficulty five. And that's where I get to do my favorite part. <laughs> because all of you share a pool of what is known as action dice. And you start with six. Ooh. Is it bottle caps? It is bottle caps. Hey, Mr. Belvedere and bottle caps. I love it. Start with six action dice. Action dice are expendable resources that, yes, those are Nuka-Cola, Nuka-Cola caps, also known as the currency of the Fallout universe. I got those specially for this game months and months ago because I wanted to run this game for so long. And so in the game, you have action dice that you can opt to spend in order to increase your dice pool for challenges. They are pooled. They are not individual to you. When you spend them, they are spent. Okay. You get them back is simply by getting more successes than the difficulty. There are some other ways I will tell you about them later. But right now, Jesus, Belvedere. Yes. You are searching. The difficulty is two because there is brush. It is cold. You are. It is cold. So there's a lot of creaking of old branches. You're very, very aware of the breath of all of the men around you. So you would need to roll. What would your perception plus stealth be or sneak be? Uh, total, that would be 10. So you would need to roll 2d20 and hope that both of them are under 10. At or under 10. At or under 10. Yeah. Thank you very much. I'm sorry. And I have minus so one because of my 360 vision. So it makes so it, it one make it a one. Yes, yes, you're absolutely right. So and you need one of these d20 to be at or under 10. Okay. Uh, and just because, because it's there now, I'm going to use one bottle cap. Mm -hmm. There you go. Thank you. To, to basically give me one extra dice. Mm -hmm. And I am going to roll these three dice. Okay, so that is a 11, a 12, and a 7. So technically one. However, I have a perk called Cautious Nature. Mm -hmm. So whenever I use an action point on a roll, I get to reroll one dice. Okay. So I'm going to do that just in case. A two. So not only do I succeed, but I add another action point to the roll, to the pool. Yes, you absolutely do, because you succeeded by one. By so one. anytime that you have additional successes over the difficulty, you tack on another action point. You can bank between the three of you, a maximum of six. Okay. So they're flowing all the time. Yep. They're always going. And so you can reach into that box and you can pull out another action die and put it in the pile. Yep. All right, Billy, please, uh, uh, Mark, make a note that you have six action points if you want to. Okay. Right. And you made it. There are no one. There is no one in the brush to your left and right. It is a giant bluff. This is all of them. Theog, you know how one of those five gentlemen mentioned several people around? Right. Uh, they are not. 
So how about you and I move a bit closer to our friend to uh, show our support? And yeah, Theogus starts tromping slowly, but surely just kind of looming up behind Mark. Yep. Uh, with me, I suddenly, I, as I also move uh, right next to Theog, but I'm turning on and off my bus at the same time. So uh, first I have one question, David, what does a tag skill do? A tag skill, first of all, starts at two points. So you have to spend less points when you build a character. And also when you roll your D20s, you are trying to get underneath a, you know, your, your combined skill and attribute. A tag skill means that you, uh, a critical role is a one, right? It's the role, it's the lowest of the roles. It is very much, <laughs> you know, antithetical to almost every other D20 game, but you want to roll a one because you get a critical success. A tag skill moves that area, that number, from one to whatever its number is. So, oh, interesting. Yeah, so instead of a one, it is a one, two in your character's cases because you're all level one characters. A one to three makes a critical success, which absolutely is a huge deal in this. Oh, game. absolutely. Uh, one last thing, uh, just because I wanted to get a sense for the system. Um, you said there were about like a dozen Caucasian men, right? Five. There are five of them. Oh, there are five of them. Okay. In the world of, in this game, can I view raiders, you know, are they like goblins? Like, are like, or is it like a Rod Capes think situation is like, oh no, this is like a super Z or like, I'm pretty sure these Absolutely are just common. Not. No, it's, I'm so glad you brought this up because it's based on the, on the video game and the video game, like I said, paints in broad strokes. Raiders are generally psychopaths that are sadists. They are once in a while, you'll find somebody who is a reformed raider, but for the most part, they are just the goblins. They are right. psychopaths, murderers, thieves, and they will kill anyone in their way just to get what they want. It does not matter. Okay, so I uh, I feel the vibration of the of the road as uh, Theog steps up behind me, and I look behind me almost like surprised, like "Oh, you're here!" And then I turn back towards the raider and say, "Like, well." It was really nice talking to you, but unfortunately, I don't. I don't think we have the charity to help right now. But uh, I, I really think you shouldn't push this because um, I really don't want to introduce you to my friends. Theo just smiles from ear to ear. Friendly. He's just. Mm. He's being very friendly. But a smile on a super mutant is. Uh, hmm. And because this is Fallout, and in Fallout. Raiders don't take a hint generally. Yeah, no, no. yeah, yeah. Combat begins <laughs> as the dude in front says, ah, fuck it, smoke him. 